Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. For more information, go to our website at www.vantagepointchurch.net. I think they did an amazing job. So let's give it up for all the kids that have been with us. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that. Well, today we're going to be looking at the story by Dr. Seuss of Horton Here's a Who. And we're going to be looking at the the new uh, film adaptation that was made in 2015. And like I've said all the series, we're not going to the movies to find, to find answers for our lives. What we're going to the movies is because so many of us, we just like to relax as a family, sit on the couch, have some popcorn, and watch the movies with our kids. And, and as we do that, it stirs different questions about life. And so as we have these questions that are stirred, we bring them back to the Word of God, and that's where we get our answers from. But there are so many questions that get stirred by movies. And so uh, Horton Hears a Who is about a, a giant elephant that lives in the jungle who hears um, a voice or something on like a tiny speck of dust. And of course, everyone around him, when he tells them that, they think he's crazy. No one believes him. But as you know, or as at least as they, they say in the movie, you know, elephants have really good hearing because they have large ears. And so I want to check and see, is there anybody else here that has really good hearing? Are there any kids here that think they have good hearing? couple. You have good hearing? Why don't you come on up? I need a couple volunteers. Why don't you come on up? We're going to do a little, little activity. Yeah, why don't you come on up? Is it? It's Abigail. Okay, we got Abigail, and remind me of your name? Jameson. Okay, so Jameson and Abigail. Well, this is really ringing. Do I need to use the handheld mic? Do I need to use the handheld? This is... Oh, is that what it is? We, go, we move on the fly here. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to play a sound, and if you recognize it, I want you to raise your hand, and the first person to get the sound right wins a point, okay? Are we ready up there? Let's play our sound. Go. What is it? I'm playing. you got to raise your hand, okay? Ooh. Okay, so we got one point for Abigail. Okay, let's see. Are we ready with the next sound? Let's do another one. You gotta raise your hand if you know it. Roger knows it. A horn? A horn. Survey says. Incorrect. Do you want to guess, Abigail? Okay, we're gonna move to the next one. Let's do a different one. What was it, Roger? Anybody know what it is? Raise your hand if you know. Let's do it again. So many cheaters out there. Okay, we're gonna try one last clip. Okay, what was that? A dog and a horse, okay. Great job. Let's give him one more chance, okay? Let's give Jameson one more chance. Ready? One more. That was Eli. We all know that. A chainsaw. Great job. Let's get up for these guys. Good job. Good job, Jameson. And because Abigail was our winner, we have a little gift for you. We have some earbuds so you can hear better. Let's get up for these guys. Great job. So, you know, the thing is, is Horton wasn't the only one who was hearing something. 
uh, there on the speck, there was someone else down in the city of Whoville. There was the mayor who also was hearing something unusual and surprising, something he wasn't expecting to hear. Check this out. Now, some people out there, I think I know who, may find they agree with that sour kangaroo. There can't really be people as small as a mite. Well, there can, and there are, because Horton was right. life on this speck. The speck? What speck? Well, um, I don't exactly know how to tell you this, but you're living on a speck. Well, I hate to disagree with you, oh voice from the drain pipe, but I live in Whoville. Well, then, Whoville's a speck. <laughs> right. Okay, seriously, who is this? Is this Bert from accounting? Uh, no. This is Horton. I'm an elephant. Okay. Horton, fake name. Where are you? Well, from where you're standing, I guess I'm in the sky. Compared to you, I'm enormous, which is saying something, because I've slimmed down quite a bit. I swim. <laughs> Your whole world fits on a flower in my world. Oh, man, this is even pushing it for you, Bert. So that, I think you'd find that a little surprising if that was your, your conversation. Uh, but, you know, the mayor's reaction actually reminds me of another story of another young man. And his story is found in the Bible. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And so if you have a Bible handy, you can turn there. Uh, we're going to have the verses up on the screen as well. But I'll be honest, for the most part, I'm going to kind of just tell this story. So Samuel was a little kid. And, and even going before that, his mom was a woman named Hannah. And Hannah had wanted a, a family for a very long time, but she was not able to become pregnant. So she went to the tabernacle or to the temple uh, to pray, and she, she pleaded with God, Lord, would you allow me and my husband to have a child? Would you give us a family? She prayed over and over again, and she pleaded with God. She said, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate his life to you. He can come to the, t to the tabernacle, and he can be your servant, and he'll, he'll do whatever's needed to be done. And so um, a miracle happened, and she became pregnant, and she kept her promise. She, when her son was old enough, maybe eight, nine years old, she went and she brought her son to the, to the tabernacle, which is like a church, and he served there. He was, like, he was like an assistant to one of the priests there. And so one night, um, he was the assistant to a priest named Eli. And so one night, you know, uh, all the duties of the temple were wrapping down, and uh, they had turned the lights of the temple down, and, and Eli and, and Samuel were going to their rooms to go to bed. And so I, I want to get a, volunteer, a couple of volunteers to help me tell this story Let's see, yeah, Levi, and um, let's see, is there anybody I've not called on yet? Let's see. Oh, 
You want to do it, Allison? Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Come on here. Let's give it up for Allison and, and Eva. Oh, she changed her mind. That's okay. Layla, here we go. So we're going to have, you're going to be, you're going to be um, Samuel, okay, because I like to pick on you. And you're going to be Eli. So it's bedtime, so lay down here, lay down, Eli. Okay, you're going you're gonna to go to bed. And then your bedroom actually is way back there, okay. So why don't you go all the way back to your, to your bedroom, okay. So Samuel went to go to bed one night, <clears throat> and he's laying, and Eli is laying down going to sleep. And as he's sleeping, all of a sudden he hears something strange. He hears his name being called. Samuel. Samuel. So he, he thinks Eli's calling him, so he comes to go to talk to Eli. So come on, run down here. He's running. There you go. And he says, Eli, Eli, did you call me? Call me. Eli, did you call me? And so, and Eli, so here's the thing. Eli's already had a couple kids. Eli knows how this works, you know, in the middle of the night or around bedtime, right? Like, I need a drink of water. <clears throat> Uh, uh, it's too hot in here. I think I heard something. And so Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. you just, why are you playing games? Go back to bed. Okay, so he goes off back to bed, and Eli lays down to go to bed again. Okay. Okay, and then he's laying in bed, and all of a sudden he hears it again. Samuel. Samuel. And he thinks, oh, my goodness, Eli's calling me again. So he, he runs back down. Now, I don't know how your kids do it, but my kids sometimes, like, it's almost like they're in a scary movie. They come, they come here over here like this. Okay, you're sleeping still. Here, get down, down here. And they quietly come into the room, and they stare at you. Have you ever had that happen with your kids? Or you, like, all of a sudden, you sense a presence. And, like, my kids, they have, like, they're girls, so they have long hair. There's been times where they come, and the hair is covering their face. It's like a scary movie. I wake up, I'm like, ah! Okay. Seriously, my kids have almost been punched before, but he wakes up, Eli, did, did you call me? Did you call me? No. <laughs> no, I think you're crazy. Go back to your room. So he goes back again. And then, sure enough, the same thing happens again. Samuel, <laughs> come on down. <laughs> so he comes to get Eli, and now, I don't know. I'm just imagining, who knows how much time has passed, but imagine maybe Eli, it's in one of those moments where, you know I'm talking about, like, like you're tired and you're laying in bed and you feel that, like, that sleep is coming. You know what I mean? Like, it's that moment of, like, I'm almost here. Like, you're reaching out for him. It's like, sleep, sleep. Eli? Eli? And he wakes him up again. Go wake him up. Eli! Okay? And now Eli is up. Eli's frustrated. And I want to believe that Eli is hearing from God. Maybe this is his own thought. If I tell him this, he'll go back to bed and leave me alone. But I, I think God really told him this. And listen, listen to what he says in verse 8 and 9. Actually, I'm going to have you read this. Here you go. Can you read verse 8 and 9? What, what part? The whole thing in red. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went to lay down in his um, place. Good job. Let's give it up for these volunteers. They do a great job. <laughs> so Samuel went back and laid down in his place, and once again he heard the Lord calling his name, Samuel, Samuel. And so this time he sat up and did 
what Eli had said. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And God began to talk to, to Samuel. And this is one of, my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible because I think this is so amazing. That here's this person that God wants to, to talk with and to tell him something and to share some information with him. And what I find even more amazing than that is the fact that God wants to talk with us. He wants to talk with you and with me and with all of us. God wants to have a conversation with us. And I know to some people that sounds just as crazy, right, as a big elephant up in the sky. That's what some people think. They think, okay, the world may say, well, okay, prayer is good. You can pray and you can talk to God. That's therapeutic. It's therapeutic to talk to God and it's, it's spiritual to talk to God. But if you think God's communicating back with you, then you're crazy. Right? That's what the world says. That's what the world believes so much. Now, now hear me out. I'm not saying you're going to hear an audible voice like you're going to be laying in bed tonight and all of a sudden you're going to hear, hey, stop speeding. Or, 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 you know, you were right in that argument with your wife earlier. And you're like, honey, wake up. Wake up. Did you hear that? Okay. That's probably not going to happen. I have prayed that would happen before, but that's not going to happen. Okay? <clears throat> but, but the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He spoke to people in the, in the Bible times, back in, in those days, and he wants to speak now. Hebrews, up on the screen, Hebrews 1.1 says this. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors. How? At many times and in various ways. God spoke at many times and in various ways. Job 33 Verses 14 through 16, you can write this down if you want or throw it in your phone. It says, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people and they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from wrongdoing. So this verse says, these verses are saying that God is always speaking. And yet sometimes we have a hard time recognizing it. So I think the question we have to ask is, what can we do to hear God better? How can we hear him better? If he's always speaking, if he's always trying to communicate with us, how can we hear his voice better? Well, fortunately, the mayor and Horton give us some great ideas. Uh, they have a few ideas for us, so let's check this out. Horton? Oh, I get terrible reception here. How about this? If I get up real close, can you read me? Yep, roger that. Are we at that safe place yet? Almost. I'm pretty sure the worst part's over. This is your elephant speaking. Just sit back, enjoy the ride, and we'll have you to Mount Newland in no time. No, you can't have ice cream for breakfast. Who's that? Is there someone else there? Well, that's my wife and kids. You have a family. I do indeed. A beautiful wife, 96 daughters, and... One son. Oh, busy guy. <laughs> then we all share one bathroom. You know how that is. Yeah, don't I know it. <laughs> bathroom? Ned? <laughs> what? Sweetheart, you know you're on the roof, right? <laughs> What's that? No, you need to go to bed. Daddy's having a breakdown. Ned, what are you up to now? I was just about to put the kids to bed when I got off the roof. And I, that's, the, that's what happened. Right. <laughs> so Horton and uh, the mayor, they teach us a few things about how to hear from God. And I think the first thing is if we want to hear from God, we have to turn down the distractions. If we want to hear from God, we have to turn down the distractions in our lives. 
If you have a Bible handy, you can turn to Mark chapter 1. Here's the thing. We live in a busy, loud, demanding world, don't we? I mean, there are things trying to get our attention constantly. There's always something dinging or buzzing or chiming trying to get our attention. We have, the, have a phone in our pocket that's always trying to grab us with notifications and alerts and emails, texts. Our kids want something from us. Or, or it's our friends, our family. They need our time. They need our attention. It, it's undone work or undone homework that just is screaming at us, unpaid bills. And that's not even to mention, you know, time wasters like, like Netflix or video games, right, right, kids? <clears throat> it's like, that's right, I like to waste time with video games. No wonder the mayor had to go on the roof to remove some of these distractions. I mean, no wonder he had to get away from all the things that were going on, not just, not just things, but, but even people sometimes. Says said the mayor had 96 daughters. I have three. There are days it feels like I have 96, especially in car rides when they're all like, you know, she's on my side. <laughs> okay, no wonder he had, to, he had to kind of push some of those distractions out. The question is, is have you found that there are just some places that you hear better? I mean, the mayor had to go up on the roof so he could have some quiet so there were no distractions. Have you found that there's just, you know, there's certain places that you can hear God's voice better or just hear life better? Jesus did. Mark 1. Verse 35 says this. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So here's Jesus after a crazy day of, of all sorts of business, a crazy day of actually doing good things, of doing God-honoring things. Jesus, he had to get away so they could hear God's voice clearly. I mean, he had spent a whole day doing a bunch of great things and wonderful things, but he needed God's direction. It's a new day. What do you want to do today, God? How do you want things to work now? He needed to get to a place where he could hear God's voice clearly. Because, see, even some of our distractions can be good things. I mean, some of our distractions can be God things. It can be thing, things we do at church or things we do with other believers. We need to find a place where we can hear God. And you know what Jesus does is all throughout his ministry. If you, if you read through the Bible, you'll see that, that Jesus is and he's going off to a desert. He, he goes and he gets on a boat and he goes to the other side of a lake. He, he climbs up to a mountainside. He goes to a garden. He goes to places where he can get away by himself so he can hear God's voice a little bit clearer, so he can connect with them. See, scriptures tell us that we need to, to be still and know that I'm God. That's what, that's what God tells us in scripture. He says, be still and know that I'm God. But you know what? It's pretty hard to be still we have something in our pocket constantly, you know, making all this noise at us, telling us that, that it knows the answers to every problem in life. You can just Google it. All the answers are right in your pocket. It's so easy for us to get distracted by those things, to, to go to that device for our answers instead of to still ourselves. I, I imagine that the mayor probably left his phone inside when he went up to the roof. <clears throat> so where can you be still and know? Where can you be still and know that God is bigger than your circumstances? He's greater than my fears. He's louder than that voice of self-doubt that just overwhelms me. Do you have a place where you can experience that? Where you can sense conviction and hope at the same time? Where, where there's something in your heart knows that, okay, hey, what I've been doing is not right, but it, it's not the end of the world. It's not, my, my God, he still loves me and he wants the best for me. Where you can say, hey, hey, there's something better for you. We all need a place where we can hear a little bit better. 
we can hear God a little bit better. Whether it's out in nature or maybe it's just out in the backyard with a cup of coffee. It's out on a long drive or it's sitting in your driveway with a cup of coffee. Or maybe it's up on the roof with a cup of coffee. Because, you know, I think everything's better with a cup of coffee. That's just me, though. Okay? <clears throat> I might, and you might say, okay, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. My kids are little. Or my work schedule is just ridiculous. I have to, come on, kids, I have to share a room with my brother and my sister. There's no way I can do that. That's why I noticed the mayor, he goes and he, he, he gets away at night after his kids are in bed. That's when he goes up to the roof. See, if you want to hear God, sometimes it means that we have to make the time. If you want to hear God, we have to make the time. Ephesians 5, 16 says this. It says, redeeming the time. Another translation says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. See, I don't know about you, but for me, it takes so much time to just kind of quiet myself down, to quiet the world down. For, for me, there's times where I'll come into prayer like 90 miles an hour, and I just want, you know, because I'm so busy, I'll kind of just unload on God. You know, like, this happened, that happened, I'm worried about my kids, I'm worried about this, and what about the finances? Next week I have this meeting, and it's just, but it's just like we kind of just, <clears throat> just let loose on God, all these things. Like, and then it's like, okay, now i got to go. And we run off, and, and we call that prayer. And so many times what happens is, is what happens is, is we'll do that because we're in a hurry, and then we'll go out and we'll find ourselves making the same mistakes that we just prayed about. Because that's not really prayer. Prayer is a conversation. Sometimes I wonder if God doesn't feel like this. about your church and your head when it hurts. We talk about the troubles you've been having with your brother, about your daddy and your mother and your crazy ex-lover. We talk about your friends and the places that you've been. We talk about your skin and the dimples on your chin, the polish on your toes and the run in your holes, and God knows we're going to talk about your clothes. You know talking about you makes me smile. But every once in a while, I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 you believe. But occasionally, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. Sometimes I wonder if maybe that's how God feels, you know, like he loves hearing about our heart and our day and all the things that are going on. But you know what? He has things he wants to say to us. Like I imagine, you know, we're having this conversation, sharing a problem, and God's like, oh, yeah, I, I have an answer for that. I know too, but we, we don't let him in edgewise. And so he hears, he listens, but it's like, oh, I would love to help you with that. You're asking me for my help, but you haven't created the time to hear my answers. So we have to make time. Jesus got up early in the morning. For you, maybe it's staying up a little bit later after your kids go to bed. Maybe it's 10 minutes of quiet during nap time. You know what I'm saying? It's before we do the, that hobby or that chore, that project, we're redeeming our time to make the most of it. And I know we're tired and we're busy and it's a sacrifice, but here's what I've learned. I've learned that, that even just five minutes in God's presence accomplishes more than five hours of my own strength and my own energy, right? I'm running around chasing my tail, trying to figure things out, trying to make things happen. If I would just 
pause and put God first and give him five minutes first. See, I think prayer, I think time in prayer is like time at the gym. You know, I think here's what happens. If, if you work out, if you're one of those people that you work out, you have a consistency of working out. You know, if, if things get busy and you miss, you know, a couple times a day here or there, you're not going to see the consequences immediately, are you? You know what I'm saying? Like you can probably like, like okay, I've got bills to pay. I've got to take time to, to do that. I can't really go to the gym. Or, you know, I need to make sure that the, the kids are fed tonight, so I'm not going to go to the gym tonight. And because here's what happens. We recognize if we don't take care of the bills, if we don't do our homework, we're going to experience the consequences immediately, right? So what happens with exercise or prayer, because we don't necessarily experience the, the consequences immediately. Now, there are consequences, and they're happening. They're just happening underneath the surface, right? You're getting sluggish. You're maybe getting a little bit irritable. Maybe you don't recognize, but other people around you recognize you don't have as much patience. You don't have as much peace. And, and what happens is these consequences do catch up with us. We have to recognize that. So here's what I found. If I put God first, if I put him first, usually those things that have immediate consequences, they tend to get done. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's something in me that says, okay, I'm not going to go to bed, you know, before I have the, the, the bills paid because I know there's consequences. So I, I can put that off. I can prioritize and put God first because I know all those other things with immediate consequences, yeah, I'm going to take care of those things. I'm wired that way. But if we want to hear from God, that means we have to pursue his voice. If we want to hear from him, we have to pursue his direction for our lives. Check this out. When Horton the Elephant heard a small noise. Hmm? Wait! Come back! Uh, oh! I hear someone coming. Give me those. Wait, sound the alarm. Excuse me, pardon my stampede. Sorry, Wicker Gems. I promise I'm gonna clean all this up later. Bring the ammo! So Horton heard, and he pursued. He heard me, he pursued. Sometimes I think we'll hear, and then we'll just kind of disregard. We'll sense God calling us. We'll sense him speaking to us. We'll sense him saying, I want you to spend some time with me. But we're busy or we're tired. We, we hear, but we kind of disregard. Or we kind of write it off as something else. We, we will mistake it for something else. Samuel heard God calling him, didn't he? But he mistook it for the voice of Eli. So I think we, we do that sometimes as well. We'll feel dissatisfied. Or we'll feel unsettled. And, and what's happening is God is calling us. But instead of reaching for God, we'll reach for the remote. We'll reach for our phone. Or, or we'll reach for a substance. Instead of going to God, we'll go to the gym. 
We'll go to, to the fridge. We'll go to, the, to a relationship. It's amazing. C.S. Lewis said this, and I put the quote up on the screen. I kind of paraphrase it a little bit. Listen to what he says. He says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we desire something out of this world. See, there are things God is calling us. He's wanting to get our attention. He's whispering our name. And yet so many times we take the desire and we pursue other things. We reach for other things. We go to other things when really it's God that's calling us. We have to pursue it. We have to go after him when he's calling us. We have to pursue God. That means that, that when we hear him speak to our hearts, we have to move in response. I remember growing up, two of my, my, I have two siblings, and they're both hard of hearing. And uh, during the summer, how many kids enjoy sleeping in during the summer? Any, anybody? Any adults enjoy sleeping in during the summer? One or two of you that are able to? Uh, I remember uh, as a kid, though, uh, my, my dad, he was one of those guys, he, he had to work early in the morning, and so he was one of those guys, you know, you need to get up at a decent hour. You know, you're wasting daylight. you got to get things done. And so one of my siblings, because they're both hard of hearing and they wore hearing aids, their bedroom was down the hall, and here was the bathroom, right? Let's say that door is the bathroom. Now, how many know when you're laying in bed in the morning and you sense that urge, you need to go to the restroom, and, and there's something inside you that says, you know, just keep sleeping. Just keep sleeping. Like, I, I can sleep more because my, my, my sibling knew that if they got up, dad would know they're awake, and it would say it's time to stay up. So this is what my sibling would do. The kitchen's over there. That's where dad's sitting. They'd walk down the hall like this with their head turned. So even though dad was calling their name and was calling them, they could go to the bathroom and pretend like, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> sometimes I think we do the same thing. We want to hear from God, but I think sometimes we want to hear him say something else, don't we? God's maybe whispering to our heart, you should apologize to that person. I apologize to them. I'm not, I don't want to do that. Go help that person. Go befriend that person. Oh, but they're weird. God's like, you're a little weird too. It'll be okay. Ask for help. Get involved. God, God, I want to hear you speak, but can you just, can you say something else? See, I think we feel that way sometimes. I want to hear from you, but I want to hear you say something else. And here's the thing. If we're not hearing God like, like we like, Maybe it's because God has already spoken, and we just haven't acted on the last thing he said. But I'll tell you this. Here's what I know is true. When we carve out time to spend in God's presence, and when we quiet the world around us and, and our, ourselves, and we get into God's presence, and, and like Samuel, we, we kind of just quiet things down, and we say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God does. He speaks to our hearts and he begins to say amazing things because here's the truth. Because the God of the universe who knows your name and loves you, he wants to have a lifelong conversation with you. He wants to have a lifelong conversation with you. And, and what's incredible, one of the things I love about this movie is with Horton, you can, we kind of get a little glimpse, kind of a little picture of what God is like. He gives us just kind of a little image of maybe what God's personality and what his character is like. Check this out. Again, the speck floated right by Horton's ear. Then he heard it again, just a very faint yelp, as if some tiny person were calling for help. And you know what he thought? Why, he thought that there must be someone on top of that small speck of dust. Or even a family. It just might be so. A family with children just starting to grow. go. 
so hand it over. <laughs> no! I can't give it to you! There are people on this spec. Granted, they're very small people, but a person's a person, no matter how small. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. And an elephant's faithful 100%. Please, for me, just this once, be faithful 99% of the time. I've never got 99% on anything. I think I'm awesome, so come on. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. I'm not going to say it. You can do that all day. It's not happening. An elephant's faithful 100%. That's right. That's my code, my motto. But thanks for the warning. So can you see it a little bit? Can you see how we get this, this kind of picture? Hopefully the alarm won't go off in a minute. Can you see this picture of God's character and his personality? See, Horton, he sees this speck and he has to wonder about the, the lives of those who live on it. But our Heavenly Father, he sees our world and he knows. He knows every detail of your life and he cares. He knows. He knows if you scrape, your, if he knows if you scrape yourself on, on your knee and hurt yourself. He knows if someone says hard words to you and it hurts your heart. He knows. He knows. And the Bible says that God knows. He knows everything about us. He knows the number of hair on our head, which is amazing to think about. He doesn't just know the number of hair on my head or on your head. He, he like, knows the number of hair on everyone's head, including your, your grandpa, who, like, for whatever reason, like, that's, he has, like, less and less hair on his head. But God knows. Each day he's got a running count how many hair grandpa has on his head. I wouldn't encourage you to start counting yourself, but, but just be, a, you know, be okay knowing that God knows. He knows, and he cares. Horton said a person is a person, no matter how small. See, Horton and God both have big ears. Come on, kids, listen to me. Horton and God, they both have big ears, which means there is no, there is no prayer too small. There is no concern too little that your Heavenly Father doesn't know, and he doesn't want to hear about. He cares. He cares, and he wants to hear every concern that you have. It says an elephant and God never forget. They're both faithful, 100%. You know what? People will let you down. Kids, people will let you down. Churches will let you down. People who, who are good people who love you will disappoint you. Churches and church people will disappoint you. And I, I want to just say this to the kids here for a second because I know the kids, kids, you guys are really, really smart. You know that, right? You're smart kids. You get this. But you're not going to believe this. Some adults get that confused. They confuse church with God. And when there's a church that hurts them, when there's church people that hurt them, they think, well, God must be like that too, so I'm out. I'm not going to go to any church. Or I'll go, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be guarded. I'm not going to really let people in because, you know, I'll get hurt again. Don't confuse church or church people with God. People are people, and they will hurt you. They'll let you down. But your Heavenly Father, who loves you, knows your name, he never will. He never will. <clears throat> and he invites us to talk with him. He wants to know about every detail of your life. But what's amazing is he wants us to listen to because God has some incredible things he wants to share with you. He has some, some things he wants to speak to our hearts. We'll just quiet down enough to listen. So moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, I really, really want to encourage you. Let's take this time to teach our kids how to talk with God and, and how to listen for his voice. Because before we know it, they're going to hear different, different messages from this world. They're going to hear messages that teach them things that are very contradictory to what God's word says. Things like this. All right, fat boy, you want some of that food? Why? There is nothing on that speck. 
but I haven't. Did you? Really? Oh, my. <laughs> then how come I don't hear anything? Well... <sighs> if you can't see, hear, or feel <clears throat> something, it doesn't exist. And believing in tiny imaginary people is just not something we do. <gasps> or tolerate here in the jungle of Nuin. So yeah, very soon, if they haven't already gotten those ideas, our kids are going to hear those messages. You know, it's not real. If you can't touch it or hear it or, or really feel it, then it's not real. And that's why it's so important for us to teach our kids now at this early age how to hear God's voice, how to hear his voice when they read the Bible. There's something that the Bible says, it, it talks about how it's different than other books. It says it's, it's alive and active, that when you read it, you're not just reading it, it's reading you. It's really, it's pulling out what's going on. And there's, you read it, and you can read the same passage. You know, I can read it today, and I can read it on Friday. And even though it says the exact same words, it's speaking to me in a different way. Because it's alive, and it's active. We need to teach our kids how to hear God's voice when they read the Bible. Through the circumstances of their lives, they can see how God is active and present by getting godly counsel. So I'm not saying that we just, we listen for something in prayer, and we just go off and run with it. But we, we have people around us who are following God and reading the word. And we ask for their opinion as well. We pray together. Even in the messages we get from movie and TV and social media, we ask, what is God saying? What does God want to say about the things that we're hearing? Because if we can teach our kids to recognize his voice now when things aren't as complicated, when we have the ability to turn off the TV, to put a limit on game time, when we can quiet down the noise, we can get them together, we can have a conversation. When the world's not so loud, if we can get their attention now and have them, have them tune in to who God is and what he's saying. As they get older and as the world gets louder, they'll be able to recognize his voice. And that's what we want for our kids, isn't it? That's what our Heavenly Father wants for them as well. In just a moment, we're going to pray. But I want to say, you know, we have loved having the kids here this, this series. You guys have been so awesome. So what I want to do, I want to invite all the kids to come on down here to the front. Come on, kids. If you're comfortable, come on down to the front. In just a minute, we're going to pray for you. You guys can come down. You guys can sit here on the, on the ground if you want. You can sit crisscross applesauce. That's, that's not what we called it back in the day, but we can't. Anyhow. Here's the thing. Well, what I want to do first, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray. What I want us to do is I want us to take a moment, kids and adults. I want us to listen for God's voice. And this isn't gonna be some weird or wacky thing, but we're gonna take a moment, and I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes, and we're gonna listen. And God, I believe, is gonna speak to our hearts. And so, as we pray, as we as we're quiet, we just listen. You might hear God say, "I love you. I'm proud of you." I'm going to take care of you and your family. It's going to be okay. Your smile, I love it. I love it when you smile. Your smile lights up a room. I've got big plans for you. Don't give up. I don't know what God's going to say to you. Maybe as you're sitting here praying, you might get like a picture in your mind or a thought comes to you. Okay, and I encourage you, as we listen for God, if that happens, tell that to your mom or dad. Tell it to somebody. Here's what I wanted to do. Let's just take a moment. 
we're just going to be quiet. We're going to listen for God's voice. As the team just plays soft, we're going to listen. Let's take a moment. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God, we want to hear your voice. We've shared our thoughts. We've shared our concerns. We want to know what your heart is. Speak to us, God. As we're praying this morning, kids, just keep your eyes closed. Or Anybody feel like maybe God said something to your heart? You had a thought? You want to just raise your hand if you feel like maybe God spoke something to your heart? That's awesome. That's so awesome to take a moment and share that with your parents today. Let's take a minute. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much.